Okay, welcome back. This is Ambushed Podcast. My name is John, and I was trained as a pastor, and this is one of the ways I, I'm trying to do something a little creative with the skills, with the things I've learned, and everything else. So thank you for listening. This is uh, part three of reframing. Now, I need to let you know, I barely prepped for this one. Like, and by that, I mean, I was sitting down and I legitimately just pulled open an app and started writing down some notes for some ideas. And then I decided I'm just going to wing it. So hopefully this one is going to go into some good territory for you. This one is called Why You Want an Apocalypse. Now, of course, you're probably thinking, what on earth does that mean? And I'm going to go into that. But I want to say thank you for checking this out. And if you enjoy it, I encourage you to go back and listen to some other ones. And because of the content of this one, if you think you know someone that could really benefit from it, I highly encourage sharing this. And uh, it could get a little heavy, but you know what? That's totally fine. The world is full of shallow and surface type conversations. So why not do the exact opposite and go as deep as we can? Whew. So the topic is apocalypse. And uh, if you haven't noticed, we're starting right now. And like I said, hopefully we go into territory that you really find helpful. I have been fascinated with theological terms. And when I mean theological, I mean these terms that are used in church circles and even in non-church circles, like the religions of the world, the vocabulary that we use is fascinating to me. And apocalypse is one of those that maybe we've misunderstood or it's just been hijacked in some sense. And to go into it, we got to maybe say how we've been taught to think about the word apocalypse. Now, you probably have some associations that apocalypse has something to do with the end of the world. And in some sense, that is true. But if you've been more influenced by Terminator 2 Judgment Day, or if you've been more influenced by, my goodness, the plethora of Hollywood movies that seem to often come out around Halloween time, you probably associate the word apocalypse with whole-scale destruction, the, the laying waste of absolutely everything. And let's be honest, when you go to the bookstore, you could probably, in less than 10 minutes, come back with about 20 or 30 books from all over that have to do with the end of the world, the apocalypse, the destruction of everything. And then, of course, you see it all the time in comics. Superheroes are always trying to save or turn back the tide against the apocalypse, the end of everything. And, uh, that's really not good. <laughs> because... Apocalypse has such a more positive connotation, if you ask me. And yes, 
that probably sounds ridiculous to say that apocalypse has a positive connotation. But it does, at least for me. But what keeps the whole-scale apocalypse of the world from happening in like the Hollywood sense is if we would pray and invite many apocalypses every single day. So how many of you have ever actively sought out, invited, or even prayed for a mini apocalypse to happen to you? <laughs> now, if you have a negative connotation of the word apocalypse, you would probably say never. But that's where I want to flip the script. Remember, this is in the series called Reframing, so I want to try to reframe some things. The word apocalypse comes from the Greek, which really means to reveal. And that's why the last book of the Bible is called Revelation, even though in the original languages it's pretty much the apocalypse of St. John. It's really called the revealings of St. John. St. John had something revealed to him. There was a, a curtain that was lifted and he was given sight to see something deep and profound. So the word revelation at the end of the book of the, the last book of the Bible is a great title. It is a revelation. It's a revealing. And uh, let's, let's see, what are some uh, potential apocalypses that you have seen? in the sense of revealing. Uh, if you've ever seen a street magician and he pulls a pencil out of his nose, you're like, um, <laughs> you could possibly stop and say, like, was that pencil up his nose that entire time? Or if a magician pulls a rabbit out of his hat, you're like, oh, how, how did he do that? Does that mean that the rabbit was in his hat the whole time as it sat on top of his head from the start of this 30-minute presentation? Or Christmas. Christmas is another one. When you have a whole bunch of presents wrapped beneath the tree and then you, in a fury of joy, rip all the wrappings off of the presents, you've revealed what was there the whole time. It's not that something new was there. It's just that it was concealed or hidden. And uh, I guess another instance would be like when someone's sweeping and they have a whole pile of dust and they decide just to lift up the, the rug and they sweep all the dust underneath it. And then you put the carpet down and then you sell the house, <laughs> and then someone else picks up the rug and says, what is this pile of dust under here? You're led to think, oh, this was always here, especially when we bought the house, but uh, it was revealed to us that the previous owners really just swept all the dirt under the rug. And let's be honest, have, have you ever seen a, a cartoon that makes a, a slight pun or joke that when you sweep enough under the rug, there's like a giant lump in the middle of the carpet and all of a sudden the couch is kind of off kilter because there's so much under the rug. Someone looks at it and says, um, there's something wrong with your furniture. I think there's something under the rug. It's like, no, nah, there's nothing under the rug. Can't see it. 
Well, just like I said before, what could potentially keep a, a major Hollywood sense apocalypse from happening to the entire world, and I don't mean that in a metaphorical or, or non-exaggerated sense, I mean quite seriously, if we were to invite mini apocalypses all the time, we might stave off a whole-scale apocalypse of everything and everyone. So take for instance, all right, what if every day you were to not fight against and instead maybe even invite or even have the courage to cause a mini revelation happen that in all the places where you have metaphorically, poetically, swept dirt under the rug, what would happen if you were to lift the rug up and just take a look at all the dirt? Or invite someone else to help get rid of the mound of dirt under the rug. And I, I say this because, yes, in a poetic sense, apocalypses as revelations are things that happen to us all the time. And it's always a better idea to cause a mini-apocalypse in your own life before a larger event causes it to happen. And I guess we also need to stop and recognize, someone recently referred this to me, that you in your lifetime have influence over a thousand people, especially now with technology and Instagram, Facebook, all those things. You have an enormous amount of reach, which means you are one person away from a thousand because it's you to a thousand. But then those thousands are off to thousands each. So really, you're only one degree separated from a million people. And then if you do another thousand times that, that means you're two or three degrees removed from a billion people. What do you think happens if enough people in the world keep shoving stuff under the rug and try to keep things hidden? That's going to influence a thousand, a million billion people. And so I, I wasn't exaggerating when I said what could help hold off the Hollywood sense of apocalypse would be if we were to invite many revelatory apocalypses that cause us to have to take a look at ourselves. Now there's minor apocalypses, there's major ones, but I think we need to stop and recognize Part of the reason we have issues with apocalypses, at least in the revelatory sense, is a lot of us want to keep things hidden. A lot of us want to keep things concealed. But just like that magic show, the magic show would be kind of lackluster if that magician didn't pull the pencil out of his nose, right? Like, well, there wasn't much mojo. There wasn't much magic to this magic show. Or if he didn't pull the rabbit out of his hat, and you're like, something's in that hat. And you sit there for a whole half hour, and then nothing happens with the hat. I'm like, what? I paid money for this? 
I gave this my attention for that long and there wasn't a rabbit in the hat? Or let's say Christmas. The presents are great. However, if you just left the presents sitting at the bottom of the tree for a full year until the next Christmas, there wasn't much revelation that happened. And so every single one of us have to realize that it's a good idea to reveal things every so often that we have either concealed ourselves or, and this is painful sometimes, that other people have concealed or that society has concealed or that our places of faith have concealed What are some things within our families that have been concealed? A lot of family issues are a result of a major thing being revealed, a major apocalypse that really could have been held off if seven or eight years earlier there was a lot of mini apocalypses that just kept kept a track of the dirt under the rug rather than letting the dirt under the rug grow and gather and gather and gather and gather until nothing can stand on top of it all. So don't, um, don't purposefully try to keep things hidden or you may be setting yourself up for a major apocalypse. And I guess maybe this is one of those senses where the truth will set you free. And that is a basic biblical principle that could be applied in philosophy and anywhere. You don't even have to be a church-going person in order to recognize the validity of that statement. The truth will set you free. And then I also really enjoy the follow-up. I don't know where this comes from or who said it, but the truth will set you free after it has made you miserable. And part of the reason why truth makes us miserable is because truth coming out means that certain things that were concealed had to be revealed. And for that matter, apocalypse has a lot to do with truth-telling. has very little to do with Four four horsemen of the apocalypse, which in themselves could maybe be symbolism for tanks in some way, because how are you going to sword fight off a guy when he's on a horse and you're on your feet, right? I guess it's maybe the modern equivalent could be more of a motorcycle in technological warfare. But that's a side point. Oh, man. But truth has a lot to do with apocalypse, because just like Christmas presents... It's not that those presents were, weren't always there, but there's something that, prof- that, there's something that is profound that happens. Let's say there's a Transformers toy underneath the Christmas tree. It was there the whole time. It was there as you were looking at the presents. It was there as you guys ate breakfast at breakfast time. And then when you went over, you opened up the presents and all of a sudden inside was Transformers. It's not that it just appeared. It's that the Transformer toy was always there. St. John really didn't see something 
new that just appeared, but it was something that was shown to him that was always there, that God's going to hold us accountable for our own decision-making and going to hold other people accountable for their decision-making. That's really what the book of Apocalypse, I mean, the book of Revelation is about. So many people think it's about the end of the world and everything, but really, that's about a whole new recreation that God is going to reveal a whole lot of things. And that's why confession is beautiful. It's always better to confess things early rather than later because the more stuff you got piled up, the more painful it will be when it all gets revealed. So why not keep a check on it? This one's going to be short because I didn't have as much to say. But I hope this was somewhat helpful, right? You are able to avoid a whole-scale apocalypse in a destructive sense from happening to you if you are able to just invite many apocalypses, just little revelations where you stop hiding things from yourself or from other people or you help other people stop from hiding things. Revelation is a beautiful word. And for that sense, so is the word apocalypse. So this has been Reframing Part 3, and I have no idea where we will go next. I've got a few notes, but at least for this one, uh, let's finish with a benediction. May you, the delightful listener, have the courage and the bravery and the grit and the, the seriousness, I guess, to invite many apocalypses into your life. May you stop hiding from things. May you stop concealing things. And may you invite many apocalypses before they become whole-scale things that just ruin your life. May grace and peace be with you.